This is the 217 Recovery Podcast with Corey Winfield. Put them numbers to your numbers and make them numbers go up. No. We mean no. It wouldn't work. And co-host Marnie Winfield. That's why they say you're transferring $1,000 USD. Oh. US dollars. Oh, yeah, that is true. It is the 27th of December. 2022. My name is Corey Winfield. My name is Marnie Winfield. And we're back in the studio. Feels good, doesn't it? It does. You got your nice pleather chair. It's comfy. You got your blanket. Got it your, is. It's nice. Got your microphone. Feels good. It was brought to my attention today that our podcast is popular among people in recovery. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's so weird. That's a good thing. <laughs> I guess. Some guy was like, well, how many people do you think listen? I said, well, I got my mom and my aunt and Justin sometimes. Tyrone? Yeah, if I make him listen. I think Tyrone listens. If I'm like, Tyrone, listen tonight, he will. You know? Even my mom's slipping, so I don't even know if I have her anymore. <laughs> I just have my Aunt Barb. Hey. We don't know. We're just Shout doing out. it. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but it, it's cool, and that you know, that's if we can reach people and help people, that's cool, you know. But we're not trying to be famous or not trying to be like the number one podcast in the world, right? But we're just trying to have fun. That's what we do. So on the podcast, I think a week or two ago, I wanted to kind of talk about how I've changed along the way because I, I got my four years a couple weeks ago and I had COVID so it sucked. I didn't really talk too much. I don't think, but today I think I'm ready to kind of get into it a little bit and I want you to talk about your journey as well. Okay. Because we were laying in bed the other day and not every day is rainbows and unicorns. Just going to throw that out there. Just being in recovery though, a bad day is way better than, being a dr- drinking and drugging and stuff. So, but there's still stress, you know, there's still worry. There's still everyday life that happens, mm-hmm. you know? And I just said to you, honey, like, look at where we were three years ago and look at where we are now. Like in three years from now, it's going to get even better. Cause we're both ambitious and we're both going for things. We're not just settling for, okay, this is what we do. Everything is hunky dory. Mm-hmm. We're just not that kind of people. And there's a lot of <laughs> dreams and you say, Oh my gosh, it's, it's overwhelming. Sometimes what Corey talks about that he wants to do, but that's, I think better than just sitting around going, well, I'm going to fix the truck next, next Sunday. And then the Sunday comes and the truck doesn't get fixed. Well, I'm going to fix it next week after that, you know, and, and sometimes, yes, I have, when I say, look, I'm going to be a public speaker, you know, I'm going to, I want to go out and, and do that. I want to be a comedian. I want to make movie. I want to do a TV show. Like those are things I really want to do. Are they going to happen tomorrow? No. But there are things that I can do every single day that kind of moves me forward to that. Whether it's just thinking in my own mind about doing things and how I have it planned out, you know, and what's the next steps, but there's at least something that I'm trying to achieve in the future. Right. You know, by being sober and present today. So with that said, um, in three years, man, it's going to be great. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have believed you if you told me I'm doing what I'm doing now. 
Right. You know, three years ago, I, I would have told you you're crazy. And just thinking the other day when we were at New Year's Eve, or not New Year's Eve, but Christmas Eve, and I'm just like thinking to myself, like four years ago, I got out of jail. Mm-hmm. Like that same day, you know, and how far my life has come. And I've got married and I mean, like, there's no way I would have believed you. Yeah. You know, so why would three years from now be any different? You know, one day we'll listen to this podcast and go, oh, remember I was talking about being a public speaker? Remember I was talking about doing that? And ha ha, I went and did it, didn't I? And the thing is, too, is you have, you know, these goals and dreams and aspirations that you have. You talk about them. And I bet you a lot of people have a lot of ideas. They just don't vocalize them like you do, <laughs> you know, but they, they do materialize. They just take time. And even just talking about them is working on them. You know, and I mm-hmm. think that's amazing. And you can only do that because you're clean and sober today. Yep. You know, and like, yeah, you're right. We have bad days and we have stressors and we have things to complain about, you know. But those are like sober people problems. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just people have issues. It's just part of life. And the fact that I can actually confront them and talk about them and deal with them and handle them. And sometimes it's not even about fixing things, you know, or resolving things. You do the best you can with what you got. And, you know, you keep on going. And then you get phone calls in the middle of the podcast. Ugh, I'm not answering that one. Sorry Mm -hmm. about that, everybody in the world. And (laughs) no, and the Bluetooth up. I was talking to Adam the other day and. Yeah, damn it. Well, I'm sorry. I apologize. My bad. That's all right. It's all good. This is kind of what life life hands you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. With that said, the dreams and goals that you have, you can't let people, I mean, you can let anybody do whatever you want, really. But a lot of people will brush you off or laugh or roll their eyes, especially for someone in recovery and early recovery, you know, like, Oh, we heard Bob say that before. Hmm. Okay. You can't let that deter you. You can't let that get you down. And the reason why I believe I'm going to make a movie one day and because I'm going to be a public speaker, you know, the reason why I think of that is because I can do anything I want as long as I'm sober. Mm-hmm. Do I know how? Hmm. No, not really. But I can figure it out. Like if you even if you look at our videos, our spotlight videos from the very first one to the the one I just did with Jacob Sparks, there's a huge difference just in quality, you know. And I'm learning along the way, you know, how to make little little bitty videos, and I'm using that to turn it into something bigger one day. Mm-hmm. And I I kind of feel bad because we went to Detroit. I did a video with Dan and Tyrone, and. I just, I don't like the quality of it and I I don't want to put it together because I'm not happy with it. And I don't want to put something out that I'm not hundred percent happy with now. Sure. You know, like when we first were starting out, it was like, Hey, we got some iPhones and let's make a video. And we could, because that's what we had. But now I'm trying to take it to another level. So I'm not going to settle for that. And and there's nothing wrong with the the first videos we did with your video. I think, I think it was great. You know, but as they get longer, because <laughs> I think at first they're like five minutes long and now they're like up to like 15, 20 minutes, you know, and I, I want them to look a certain way and I want to have like a professional feel to it. Mm-hmm. So, and with the public speaking, I mean, 
I've done public speaking, but I think it's time that I kind of turn that into kind of a career thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not that I'm going to do like every single week, but you know, if someone in California wants to fly me out to talk to some people, Hey, I should probably do that. And not on my dime, you know, (laughs) like I know that they fly people here, you know, to to talk and I'm like, okay, like that dude's cool. But yeah, I can do that too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know, I think of all the times that I went and did stuff for free, that's cool. I don't mind doing that. And I look at that like that's that's experience. Mm-hmm. It's service work. Yeah. And when I talk at the the rehab every week, you know, it's that's experience, you know, where I get a chance to talk in front of people. You know, is it 10,000 people? No. But it doesn't matter. You know, like you kind of hone in and the, the more you do that, it's like I'm I'm getting paid by experience yeah in my soul there you go my soul's getting paid i like that thanks i just thought of that mm-hmm. i'm gonna get a t-shirt made up now my soul's getting paid <laughs> but no when i first um started on this path and this journey in recovery it was 2019 is when i got out of treatment and i was just determined to start a podcast and to start a company. And then it dawned on me that transportation was needed in Northern Michigan, you know, to get get people where they needed to go. And at first it was just like, Hey, how can we get people to meetings? Cause there are a lot of people that can't even make it to meetings. Now, of course with COVID you can jump online and get a meeting. Mm -hmm. You know, there's really no excuse that someone can't get a meeting in. Yeah. So that's kind of changed, but it occurred to me too, that a lot of people going to and from treatment, I have a problem. Not everybody, but there are some, and we just can't let that be the case. We can't fail people like that. And with the PIHP up here in Northern Michigan, NMRE, they understand that too, and they they want to help get people where they need to go. So they kind of work with us, and some things are in the works, but you know that was where I was kind of thrown into the mix, and then like all the stuff that I had to do along the way really kept me kept me busy, and. I remember I've said this I don't know, not too long ago, but when I had my one year, I, I like told my story, which I'm afraid to even listen to now because I know I was throwing a lot of blame out on people. Mm-hmm. I was saying, well, I was hanging around with this person and that person and they were an alcoholic and they brought me down with them and blah, blah, blah. And I don't think it was until, I don't know, maybe six, seven months ago that I, I realized that I wasn't taking responsibility and I wasn't being accountable for, for me, mm-hmm. you know, I was still trying to hide under the shade of it was everybody else. You know, it was this, it was that. And now I'm in a place to where I can look back and I can take accountability for my actions. And, you know, I can apologize to all those people that I was throwing shade on, you know, and then blame, well, it's your fault. It's wrong with you. No, it wasn't their fault. I was probably the one bringing them down, you know, but, all I can do is move forward with that, mm-hmm. you know, and if you're in early recovery, just be aware of that too. You know how you act in year one and you think, man, I made it a year and oh, look at me. It's great. It is great. It's awesome. But you will change and you will, at least I did. Um, and how you think about things then, and then you keep adding time to it. And I don't know if it's just cause I'm getting older or if it's, really is changing to where when I look back at things, it's it's a little easier for me to accept my faults 
Because mm-hmm. nobody likes to look in the mirror and start picking yourself apart. Nobody does that. Right. And when people lash out and say, well, your car's dirty. Oh, well, your car doesn't have any tires, you know? Like, that's the automatic response is to throw it right back. But when you can kind of take that in and accept it and be like, yeah, I need to wash my car, you're right. <laughs> it's better. You know, like, why do I need to tell you that your car's tires suck? Like, maybe they do, maybe they don't. You know, that's that's your problem. That's whoever's car with the bad tires problem is. Right. Again, my analogies, I don't know. I think sometimes they're good, but sometimes they suck. But I'll just go wash my car because that's all I can control. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think I'm more that way now. So that's how I, th- I think that I've changed over the over the years and just more grateful for things that I do have. I still worry like a like a crazy man. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always worrying about things and I pray a lot and I put it in God's hands and say, God, I need to take care of me. I was talking to Justin tonight after after our meeting that we talked at and I told him it's like, well, something's got to happen and God wants good things for me. Jesus is a big fan. So I just put it in his hands and I know that everything's going to happen for a reason. I didn't come up with all these ideas. Right. You know, God put them in my head. I'm just following suit. Mm-hmm. You know, before I would always try to want to do it my way. And now it's just kind of like, well, let's just do this and, and it'll pay off. You know, we're doing things for the right reasons. We want to get the recovery community involved here. And I think that's going to happen. And who who knows? Like, I think so much good stuff's going to happen that we really have no idea. Yeah. That we would, like, just like I said four years ago, if you'd have told me this I'm doing now, I wouldn't have believed you. Same thing. You know, I, I won't even see it coming. Yeah. Except for my comedy stand-up special on Netflix. What's up? Well, I think <laughs> it's important, too, to, you know, just like it's important to own, you know, your behaviors and your actions when you know, when you were in your addiction, right? You're saying like your car's dirty, whatever. Like, yeah, you know, I did that. Like that was my actions. Nobody made me do that. You know, I chose, I put myself in bad circumstances where it made my, the likelihood of me making even worse decisions more probable. That's a fact, right? But I mean, I was at this party. That's why I went to this party. You know, no, like nobody dragged anybody, anybody, anywhere. You know, we make our own decisions and- and the thing about, you know, being in active addiction is you just, it just pulls you back in and it pulls you back in and saying it being like, you're, you're, you make poor decisions, right? Your whole processing system is just whacked and um, you don't know right from left. And then you feel bad about the decisions you've already made. So you're like, well, you know, kick them while they're down. You know, everybody already thinks I'm a piece of crap anyway. I mean, you can get down on yourself like that and that's how why it's so hard to get yourself back up and dust yourself off, especially if you're down that rabbit hole. Um, and But turn that around and you think about getting a little bit of time under your belt and starting to see changes is you got to continue celebrating your recovery and celebrating you and being not only just grateful but proud of yourself. And I don't think people do that enough. Um because that's what's going to keep that stamina. That's what's going to keep that drive going is reminding yourself every day. Like, even if it seems stupid, like, heck yeah, man, 18 days, you know, 
And then tomorrow it's like, heck yeah, man, 19. You don't have to wait for a friggin' coin, right, to be proud of yourself and give yourself a pat on the back for staying sober another day. Because there was days 22 days ago that you would never have imagined you could have had that many days in a row sober. And, um, you know, I don't... I don't keep track of like what day I am sober today or anything. I mean, I have an idea, but my thing, I still give myself credit. Oh, you're going to look it up. Mm-hmm. I still give myself, you know, credit every day for staying clean and sober and doing what I'm doing. And I guarantee you all these things that creep into my head of why I have my early morning stress sessions about like grad school and, you know, bills and, you know, life stuff that and family family gatherings that we need to make it to those are some friggin' problems that i couldn't even dreamed of having you know not all that long ago i might not have even been invited to these family gatherings you know and it, i would have been way too worried about how i could you know figure out if i was going to be even functional at it or you know if I don't know if if I was even wanted there, right in the first mm-hmm. place, if it was like a kind of like a pity invite because I was family, um, and bills. I mean, I actually have a home that is you know ours, and yeah, to live there you have to pay bills for it. <laughs> but like I didn't have that at court. I didn't have that problem, and I'm complaining about problems that are actually the result of the beauty of being sober. And that is what I just need to keep reminding myself. And that kind of goes back to what you're saying is like, yeah, we have difficulties and we have things that are worrisome and stress us out, but they're beautiful problems to have. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that sounds really screwed up, but it is very true. And this might sound screwed up too, but one of the guys who started the podcast with me, Rob, like, I don't know if he's still alive. I'd send him a Merry Christmas text and I haven't got anything back. Last time I talked to him, he was not doing well, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, where would he be at now? If he, if he didn't, you know, make that choice to, well, I'm going to use again. Yeah. You know, where would he, where would he be at? Right. You know, would he still be on the podcast with me? I, mean, he, he, I can guarantee you 100% he would be in a better spot than he is right now today. Mm-hmm. I 100%, I know that. Yeah. We all do, you know, and I don't know if he kicks himself or beats himself up, but I don't think he does. But it's just one of those things. It's like, man, that one bad decision, you know, it, it can take you right back down. And I tell people, if if you fall, don't don't wait. Don't Don't be out there too long. Cause you you can set it a fire real quick, and it got to set your pride side sometimes. And you were talking about you know be proud of yourself. I think a lot of people early in early recovery, and I did this many times, get having money confused with with pride. You know, I think that's in society how people look at you. Like, are you successful? You got money? Oh man, you're good. No, <laughs> has no, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was one of those people in rehab, like, oh man, I just need to get out of here and I just need to make some money. Once I get out, I get a job and I'll make some money. I, you know, I just need to pay my electric bill and pay this and, you know, make sure my 
insurance is paid, have a little money to live. I'll get a job. I'll do this. And I had it all planned out. It was great. And then I'd get a job and I'd have a little bit of money and then I would drink mm-hmm. and it would all be gone. I'd lose the job. I mean, it was right back to the same old thing. So that I feel proud that I was back on my feet and I had a job and had a paycheck and was, you know, paying my own electric. Yeah, sure. But it was the wrong kind. It was, it wasn't the real proud of myself for being sober. It was proud of myself for, for paying a bill, mm-hmm. you know, it was, Oh, cause I, cause I made it to work today. <laughs> okay. whoop de doo you know? And when I went to sober living, I had to get a job, you know, and it was, it was a great job at Hearthside Grove in Petoskey. It was great, but it wasn't going to make me rich. And it was only seasonal, you know? So from there, then I started kind of working at treatment centers for a minute but then it became time to like, okay, well, I need to, to drive and I need to do this. And we got our nonprofit status. So let's go with 217 recovery, you know, and the stuff that we want to do. And by doing that for a couple of years, not really making any money, you know, just having enough to keep the company afloat, you know, to put gas in the, in the car. And a big shout out to Breaking Alignment Plus. They hook us up a lot with, you know, things that we need for our vehicle. They're in Traverse City, Michigan. If you're in Traverse City, go there for your auto needs for real. And they support the recovery community for real, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I love those guys and, and they love the recovery community. So, but the money though, it was never there and still hasn't been there, you know, but that's what going back to when I say, you know, I, God's put me here for a reason and he's going to take care of me. He's going to take care of us. You know, there are things in our, our personal life that, that we're going after and, and that we want, and I believe it's going to happen and call me crazy, but why not? It, it it feels good to believe in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels good to believe in, in God and to know that he wants good things for us. Mm-hmm. And if that makes me feel better, then why would I want to feel any other way? I could start kicking cans down the road and pouting about how come I don't have that or how come I don't have this. And it's easy to sometimes. Yeah. You know, you hear about what we want and other people have it all the time. And you're like, that person doesn't deserve that. What the hell? But that's that's not how it works. We can only control what we can control. And, you know, having that outlook on it for me is, is much more positive. Yeah. You know, it, it's hard sometimes, but just kind of believe that it's going to work out. And I, I believe that things will work out for us. And that's kind of where I'm at with that. There was a guy earlier that had called me and was telling me about how he went to like a sober living house. And he's like, yeah, well, across the street, they had like a Halloween party and they were drinking beer. So I went over there and the guy poured me a beer. And I was like, so you didn't want to stay sober? Well, I mean, the guy poured me a beer, so I had to drink it. I said, but you you lived in a sober living home. Yeah. I was like, man, if I was in that sober living home, I would have ratted your ass out. I would have like, I would have been throwing your stuff outside, (laughs) you know, because at Nathan's house where I lived in Point City, Nobody had the mentality of, oh, you're going to rat on me for drinking. It was like, if you were drinking in there, you were the piece of shit, you know, that was trying to bring everybody else down. You know, nobody wanted to be around that, you know, and I don't know if that's a, what do they call that? A group thing or minor majority thing. Like if the majority of the house is like that, you know, mm-hmm. like, sure. But if the majority of the house is the other way, I'm sure that would have been different for me at Nathan's house, but I don't think it would have ever gotten that way there. And people, you know, usually weed themselves out pretty quick. And if you can't control yourself by, first of all, A, did you get an invitation in the mail to that party? 
did you know the guy throwing that party? Like, what what were you doing at that? Why did, why did you just, oh, it was across the street, so you walked over there? Like, yeah. that, that might as well just walk to the liquor store. I mean, <laughs> it just it just didn't make any sense, you know, that he was trying to, like, make up this excuse of why he drank. And I was like, dude, first of all, you don't have to tell me anything about, you know, just get back to where you need to go. And I don't know. It was It was a very kind of weird conversation that I had with them and it's just like yeah and like early in early in recovery you have no business being at a at a party that's you know got a keg full of beer you know what I mean like I'm not saying that yeah beer exists I mean we know that alcohol's everywhere mm-hmm. drugs are everywhere right but to give yourself the best chances of making it especially in that early sobriety like where you're super vulnerable you're just giving your wits about you, right? You don't know what triggers you, what doesn't. You know, you don't really have a solid support system yet, maybe. Why would you put yourself in that situation? You know, mm-hmm. like, don't do that. That's not helping your chances, man, for you just show, oh, I was just going to go over and check it out. It didn't bother me that they were pouring beer. No, obviously it did, you know, and that's just that's just upsetting. But, you know... Those are the things you got to look out for. Be if smart about. Don't want to be in sober living, live in your car. You know, don't be in sober living then. And I was guilty of that too in the past. You know, I got kicked out of a house because I was drinking. And that's exactly what should have happened. I wasn't doing it for the right reasons either. Mm-hmm. You know, and I didn't just, well, I kind of came from treatment, but not, not really. And I didn't have... I didn't know anybody in the houses either. And so, I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I definitely was not in there for the right reason. I was in there just to kind of, well, I'll show, show them that I can do it here. Look, you know, and obviously I didn't, I didn't think I lasted a week, but that, and that's a good thing. You know, like that's what happens to people. And I wasn't a jerk about, you know, being thrown out. Well, I kind of was, but I wasn't not, not about actually leaving the house, but some people just get so, defensive and entitled sometimes which it just blows my mind you know i was talking about that today at the at the meeting i was like guys if you you know you fail a drug test you know 99.9 percent of the time it's because you did a drug stop doing that drug you know and be honest and look we're in early recovery we understand you know like sometimes it just doesn't click for people right away but if you're honest with it you don't have to be a bad person. You can, you know, be a real human and people will have, you know, sympathy and most of the times empathy, you know, if somebody's in recovery too, they'll, they'll get it. They know. And that same empathy (laughs) is what they have when they realize that the drug test came back dirty, you know, like they're going to know you did a drug and then people well you think i did that oh i I put chapstick up my butt and that's what made me you know they'll come up with the dumbest excuses and you're just looking at them like dude (laughs) stop stop drinking stop stop doing drugs man like how how about we start there Mm -hmm. why was it man you call me a liar Uh, well you you can call it however you want it but um if that's what's happening then sure but you failed the drug test. So that means you did drugs or you drank, you know, like what, like what more do you want me to say? If you want to go ahead and call yourself a liar, then then go ahead. Or you can tell the truth, you know, that's on you, but 
if you're so worried about being called a liar, maybe you shouldn't lie. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't want to be called an arson- arsonist, then don't burn down houses. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, mm-hmm. like, you call me a painter. Would you paint that picture? Yeah. I mean, I guess then you would be a painter, maybe. I don't know. Like it's the it's just some of the dumbest thing. And I said the entitlement with some people it just blows my mind. You know, I'm like, well, who are you? And I've talked about this many times on the podcast too. It's like, first of all, you earn trust. Yeah. You don't just show up at the house and there. It's like a video game. Everybody's on the same level of health. No, 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 no. Everybody's on the same level of trust. No, 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 no. No, you're at the bottom. You gotta right. earn it. You know, you don't, well, why don't you think I'm, dude, you're living in a sober living house, man. You just came from your eighth rehab. Like, why, why would I think that you were drinking or using drugs? Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's pull out your report card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it just baffles me though. And, and sometimes they're grown ass women, you know, grown ass mm-hmm. men. And you're just like looking at them like, are you kidding me, man? Or when they call me and they talk to me and it's just like, look. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. I'm not going to be in your corner. I'm going to be in the corner of recovery and the fact that you can get, get off your ass and do it, yeah. you know, and it's going to take some work, but you got to be ready. Yeah. You know, and it's just like trying to, I'm not trying to preach to people, but I'm just saying like it is, is difficult when you don't want to let go. And when you're still holding on to that thought of drinking and using again, it's, it's impossible, in my opinion, to, to actually be in recovery. You yeah. know, as long as you're still thinking in five years you can drink again or two weeks you can drink again or the fact that you can use again at all, mm-hmm. it's not good. You got to let that go. And, and, and having, that, having that obsession still follow you around, um, you know, and that might be, that might be common too um, and normal for people in early recovery. Like I'm constantly thinking about, you know, not doing it or the consequences of doing it or the, you know, pros and cons of doing it and not doing it. And like, I get that part. It doesn't just, you know, magically happen overnight. But I mean, I can say that there's this phase of life that eventually things click, at least for me, it did. And it started just becoming natural and, and recovery made sense to me. And then now, I mean, I couldn't imagine ever picking up a drink or drug again because I know where I go. I know where I go. Like, I'm not trying to be like, I'm some freaking awesome recovery superhero, right? Like, look at me. I don't ever, you know, I am completely, you know, alcohol and drug thoughts just bounce off me. No, that's not it. It's not it at all. It's just I don't let them, I don't let them absorb into my brain. I don't let them take me places where I don't need to go. And, I don't have that obsession because when you are constantly thinking about having it, needing it, doing it, getting away with it, getting more of it, you know, all that, that's just as exhausting as using. So, and I mean, hang in there, you know, and just keep doing the next right thing. And, you know, I, I never thought in a million years when I heard, if I heard me talk right now, (laughs) like four years ago Mm. and I heard me talk, I'd be like, yeah, sweetheart, you know, you make that sound real nice um, for you, but not for me. And I would seriously, I would be telling, I would be saying that right now to myself. Um, But it's, it's so real. It's so real. Just keep on keeping on. And 
you know, and the miracle will happen and that, you know, switch will flip. And before you know it, you're just like, I, I get it. I get it now. This is what I need to do. And I'm good with it. You know, I was thinking that same well not really the same thing but like if my mom was listening to this she'd be like yeah Corey, why didn't you just get it the first time of course i didn't i didn't get it the same time third time four times fifth time probably 50th time but i didn't give up either and when i started having real consequences you know like before i'm like oh i drank again oh darn i gotta go to rehab you know that was my punishment to myself well i guess i'll go to rehab again but when real consequences started happening and the real consequences of like, I could have killed somebody driving and not even remember. And there was no reason for me to drive. Like that was scary. And then losing like four days and not knowing what happened and seeing empty bottles on the, on the ground, just going, how did I get those? I don't remember anything like that is scary. And I just drove and I don't remember. And apparently I, I didn't walk probably to the store to get these bottles. So again, I drove again and I don't remember a single thing. And that, you know, was like a, a rude awakening and thank the, thank God that I, I didn't kill anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been hearing about accidents all the time around where we live, you know, and it's just like, wow, like that's bad. Yeah. And it could have easily happened to me. Yeah. And I think that was a real kind of wake up call. Like, whoa, this isn't, this isn't a game anymore. This, this is this is something that's real. And I knew, I mean, it almost killed me and I still drank after that. So, you know, it, it's not a walk in the park sometimes, but until you can get that wake up call until you can look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I really don't want to do this anymore. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And, and people say that a lot. And at first I, when I was hearing that, I didn't, I didn't want to hear I'm like, whatever it takes. And I was kind of a smart ass about it. Like, Oh, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that for that. <laughs> but that's not what it really means. It means to whatever it takes means to stop doing it your way and listen to other people. And it, don't be afraid of having a great successful life and recovery. You know, don't be afraid that, Oh, I'm going to miss out, man. I'm not going to be able to get high anymore. I'm not going to be able to drink anymore. I'm going to miss so much. No, you're not. You're not going to miss a thing. You're, your brain will tell you sometimes when you're feeling uncomfortable, you should go grab it because that'll make you feel better. But you're, you're not going to feel better. You're going to feel worse. You're going to feel shittier than you did before. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> you're going to start doing it all over again anyway. So, you know, the more distance you put between your last drink, the easier it does get, the less thoughts you'll have about it, but they'll still pop you. Like you said, they'll still pop in your head, you know, sunny days for me sometimes driving I'm like, man, it'd be nice to, you know, get a buzz, but it's so easy for me to shut that shit down. Now it's like, wait, hold on. <laughs> Let's run this through. How, how is that going to work out? Yeah. You know I'm, what? I'm just going to go home and, and just get drunk and play video games. Then, then what? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to be able to stop drinking. So what I run my bank account dry and Marnie comes home and <laughs> that's not going to be a very good conversation. Oh, I'm just going to hide in the bedroom. Like, no, <laughs> you know, like you start running it through and you're like, well, what if somebody needs a ride that day to treatment? You know, like they're always last minute usually. Oh, I can't cause I'm drunk today. You know, like, no, that's just something that can't happen. And, so it's, it's shut down pretty quick, you know, with like running through how things are really going to go. And 
it used to go like, oh, well, I'll just start on, I'll just start drinking Friday and I have to work Monday. So I'll just drink Friday night and be good. Well, then Saturday I'd wake up and, you know, there'd be a, a third of the half gallon left. And I'm like, well, let me just kill that real quick. Well, before I do, though, I should probably go get some more because that's not going to be enough to even do anything. So I'm going to do that. The next thing you know, it's Thursday. I call the boss and he says, well, there's three days, no call, no show. So you're fired, man. <sighs> well, might as well go drink again. I got 75 bucks left. You know, might as well. Well, maybe mom will turn the electric back on for me. I don't know. Cause that bill's due and I don't have enough for it. And there you go again. The cycle continues yeah. because I thought I could drink on a Friday because my brain told me I, that I could. And it was a beautiful fall day and why not? I like drinking on fall days. Like your brain will trick you. Your brain will convince you that's a great idea. And, and remember how great it was. What a great feeling that was to get a buzz early in the morning on a Saturday. Wasn't that fun? And your brain will just tell you that it's so much fun. It's really not. It won't tell you. Oh, yeah. Remember how you were passed out by 11 and you missed the game and all the stuff that you wanted to do. And you fell asleep when you started cooking a pizza. And thank <laughs> God you woke up when the smoke detector was going off. And now it's black and that was your only pizza and that was the only thing you're going to eat this weekend. So now what? That sounds like a real story. Yeah, it's fun. It was a real good time, wasn't it? That's what I'm missing out on. That's the life I could have. I would be dead today, though. You and I both agree that if we would continue drinking, we would not be alive today. No, nope, I would definitely not be. Definitely not be. No, I wouldn't either. And, you know, those are options that we had and we did kind of decided we had enough and no, it wasn't easy for either one of us. It, it took us years mm -hmm. to put it together and a lot of failure, but we never gave up. And then we finally got to that point where it was like, okay, <laughs> I surrender. I give up. So, you know, somebody was going through it, you know, just hopefully they can get to that point, but it's, it's not an overnight thing. And, you know, just because they failed doesn't make them bad people, but, Absolutely not. You know, it, it, there's a time, though, where they have to get real with themselves. And, you know, you and I both, we had to get real with ourselves. And like I said, for me, it was the real, real life circumstances that, that could have happened that didn't. And I wanted to avoid. Mm -hmm. It easily could have happened to me. But that's all I got for tonight. Yeah. Thanks for being on the podcast tonight morning i appreciate it you're welcome and thanks for listening tell your friends if you know someone who's looking for a recovery podcast we have tons of episodes where we talk about hunting we talk about ghosts we talk about recovery oh my gosh so much random stuff Let's talk about yeah time travel yeah <laughs> those, those are more in the earlier days so if you're a time travel fan i think 2019 2020 might be good I don't know. You snuck in a couple time travel episodes in 21. Did I? Yeah. yeah. Maybe even tw early 22. Maybe. <laughs> that never really goes away. No, it doesn't. But yeah, check them out. If you have our 217 Recovery app, which you can get it in the app store. I think you have to type in 217 Recovery Podcast. Yeah. And that'll pull it up. But yeah, get the app. You might have scrolled down a little bit. I'm not sure. But get the app. You can listen to all the episodes from the very beginning. Um, you can see pictures. There's some blogs on there as well. Just a few. We, yeah. need to, we need to find another blog writer. Yeah. Somebody who likes to write blogs. If you know somebody or maybe it's you, let us know. 
give you a shot. It pays zero. It pays mm. it pays soul money. It pays your soul. You get a soul. Yeah. <laughs> My soul's getting paid t shirt. <laughs> nah, but again, thanks. Two seventeen recovery.com. There's all kinds of resources on there as well. But thank you for listening and take care. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the two seventeen recovery podcast. Win a bunch of free shit from two seventeen recovery. Go to the app or the website two seventeen recovery.com.